very good morning to all. My name is uh, Father Juan Diego, and uh, I know what you're thinking. You don't look like a Juan Diego. Um, <laughs> I get that a lot. Um, I'm a Franciscan friar of the Renewal. Um, I'm happy to be here. I'm thrilled to be here. And uh, I'm here with uh, another uh, friar brother of mine, uh, Father Rock Mary. Um, who has celebrated the two earlier Masses and will have Mass later this afternoon. And uh, both of us are assigned presently at our friary in Albuquerque in New Mexico, and we are here this week to preach uh, a parish mission. It's a, a time of grace and a blessing for a parish. Um, I understand that you have had parish missions here before, uh, so it's old hat for you. And um, he, uh, it's, it's a time for us to draw closer to the Lord, to refocus on the, the most important things, um, the essential things. As Jesus said um, when he visited the house of Martha and Mary, um, Martha, Martha, there are many things um, that trouble you. Um, Mary has chosen uh, the one essential thing. And this is, this is what a time of, of parish mission is, for a parish. I like to say that um, the parish missions, at least that I preach, and I know that Father Rock preaches, are not informational necessarily. It's not, you don't, won't feel like you're in the middle of a great books course or something like that, but they're experiential. They're an opportunity for you to experience and encounter the Lord Jesus anew in your life, or perhaps for some of us, for the first time, to be rooted in the reality that Christianity at its very heart is a relationship with a living God. Today in the gospel, we see this uh, classic fallacy and error that so many of us fall into if we're honest with ourselves. Jesus preaches this parable and it's such a simple message, right? Two guys are there in the temple praying. One is a Pharisee, one who is wrapped up in his own, his own estimation, his own greatness, his appearance um, before others. And he is praying. And it's very important that we don't miss this important line. The Pharisee took up his position, right? So he wanted to be seen and spoke this prayer to himself. He wasn't praying to God. He was simply speaking out loud an act of self-affirmation. It's as though you could hear him say, please, I'm gonna sprain my elbow here. Somebody pat me on the back, you know, give me a hand here, please. Uh, I thank you that I am not like other men, uh, greedy, dishonest, adulterous, or even like, whew, that fellow over there, this tax collector. And then he goes on and speaks about his own virtues. And the tax collector the entire time knelt with his head bowed, beat his breast, and said, Oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. All too often, our prayer can be like the prayer of the Pharisee, unfortunately. And it can be a, an occupational hazard for someone like me who, 
who prays for a living. Um, it's easy to forget that God is God and I am not. The Lord desires that we come to him with humble and contrite hearts, that we recognize who he is and that we ask him with sincerity that his will be done, thy will be done, not my will be done. The end of the, uh, of the parable here, Jesus concludes so clearly. I tell you, the latter went home justified. The tax collector, he who in the eyes of his society was marginalized, outcast, was a collaborator with the occupier, was hated by friends and family and neighbors alike. He was loved by God and he was justified. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. I'm a Franciscan friar, and for St. Francis, humility was a virtue that he never let the brothers forget, that they should be striving after, day after day. Francis insisted that the friars beg for their needs, for their living. And the friars hated this. I hate it, right? I have to stand up and give like a, please give generously speech, right? Um, I can see everybody just turning their hearing aids off when that happens. Um, it, it, it is humiliating, right, to be a beggar. But it reminds us that before God, each of us essentially are beggars. He is the giver of every good gift. And let me tell you, there have been several occasions throughout my priestly ministry and my life as a friar where God, in his goodness, in his kindness, and in his gentleness, has reminded me that humility comes through humiliations. <laughs> and uh, when I forget that God is the one to be exalted, he does this you know, wonderful thing of humbling me um, to remind me of that. I'll give you a brief example. Years ago, I was assigned in our friary in Fort Worth, Texas, and um, every now and again, uh, on a regular basis, I would celebrate mass at this uh, tiny parish, or it wasn't a parish, it was a chapel there for a private school. And I had a, a wonderful relationship outreach there with the families and the students. Um, but our other brothers in, in our friary rarely got to come uh, and enjoy that fellowship. And so one uh, Friday during Lent, they invited me to come to offer benediction of the Blessed Sacrament. And I invited the other brothers because it was in the evening. And so all the brothers from the friary were there. And uh, the parish was sort of, you know, or the, the chapel and the school had sort of a traditional bent to it. Um, and I remember, you know, putting this cope on. It seemed like it was like, 400 years old or something, this huge like purple cope that seemed to have like a life of its own, you know, wanted to move in directions I wasn't moving kind of thing. And uh, I'm all dressed up there, you know, everything's right and proper. There's a whole platoon of altar boys. The incense is lit. Everything is ready to go. I'm standing at the back of the church and there's this glorious, you know, Gregorian chant, you know, 
wafting up to heaven. And this thought entered my mind, and I entertained it for a brief moment. Trust me, I know the thought was not inspired by God, the Holy Spirit, anything like that. In my mind, I said to myself, just looking out at chapel is packed, the brothers are there, it's going to be great. I thought, I am going to rock this benediction. <laughs> so guess how that went? We come up, you know, kneel down, it's like military precision, right, you know. Everybody genuflects at the same time. We kneel down. You know, the, the Tanta Marigo is beginning. Tanta Marigo Sacramentum. And, you know, the altar boy passes me the boat with the incense in it. I charge the thurible. You know, all kinds of smoke and smells happening. Blessed sacraments there exposed on the altar. <laughs> I was going to rock this benediction. <laughs> the altar server hands me the thurible, and I grab it, and I don't know at what time of day they decided to light the charcoals because the chain burned into my fingers, right? <laughs> I don't know if you, you are familiar with the movie The Raiders of the Lost Ark, the, the first one, right? There's that great scene where Indiana, Indiana Jones is up there visiting, you know, Marion and the, in the, at that bar in the Himalayans and the place goes up in flame and there's that Nazi guy who grabs, you know, this medallion and it burns into his hand. The only difference between that and what happened to me is it burned imperfectly into his hand, right? I had for a week, like, the perfect imprint of the chain across my fingers, right? And I'm like, oh, geez, okay, let's shake it off, you know. <laughs> Hand it back to the altar, sir. And I'm like, okay, be careful with that, right? It's, uh, it's hot. And, uh, and then I get up and, uh, you know, uh, say the prayers uh, for benediction, and I, I genuflect before I collect the Blessed Sacrament off the altar. And as I do so, my foot slips off the first step of the sanctuary, and the top of my foot, like, audibly spats, you know, the stair. And I hear from behind me a communal, compassionate, ooh. <laughs> I'm like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm going to rock this benediction, right? And I stand up, and on the front of the altar... Um, and I was doing benediction from the, that side of the altar. Um, there was this beautiful sunburst design with the IHS, you know, in the center of it. But it was sort of offset from the front of the altar with the, the sunbeams, you know, coming out. And I collect the Blessed Sacrament. I'm thinking, okay, it hasn't gone so well so far, but this is the moment everyone's been waiting for, right? <laughs> and I turn around with the Blessed Sacrament to rock this benediction. And as I do so, that big medieval cope catches half of the front of the altarpiece, that beautiful sunburst, the IHS. And as I turn around, you know, all I hear is snap, and then ding, ding, ding. <laughs> half of the altarpiece bounces down the sanctuary and lands right in front of one of our brothers who was there to witness me rocking the benediction. <laughs> and at that point, I was like, mm -hmm. <laughs> at the end of everything, uh, Father Stephen Dufresne, who is from 
South Louisiana, you know, said to me, now, Father, did you, did you like feel the tension growing on that cope as you turned around before you destroyed that altarpiece? <laughs> I was like, uh, be quiet. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yes, that thought was not from God, right? Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. This is at the very heart of our relationship with God. Yes, we can fall into uh, the error of believing <laughs> that, uh, the lie of self-determination, right? God is the giver of every good gift. That last breath you just took is a gift from him. The very fact that we are here, present, I mean in existence, not just here at Mass, is only possible in and through an act of pure love. God loves us and he desires that we return that love, that we recognize that he is the giver of every good gift, that he is the gift himself. But to understand that and to approach him as we should, we must do so with a heart that is humble, a heart that is contrite, not filled with accomplishments that I think I can pat myself on the back for. We may have accomplished great things, but could never have done so if God had not allowed it, if God had not inspired those things in our hearts. I invite you, please, uh, to come to the parish mission, the details of which you will find in the parish bulletin, um, I believe I'll be speaking in Spanish uh, tomorrow night and Thursday. Uh, there will be a bilingual mass on Thursday um, and uh, uh, a healing service and benediction, things like that. And I'm hoping I don't rock that benediction. Um, <laughs> I look forward to seeing you. Please, a parish mission is a time as well, not just for the church. If you have friends and family who haven't darkened the doorway of, the, of a church, in generations, please do invite them. Um, it's a time for us to come to know the love of Jesus, to experience his mercy. Confessions will be heard every uh, night of the mission, and I, I get it. I live with three priests. I like to export that, you know, activity of confession outside the friary. <laughs> it can be awkward, right? Uh, to go to confession at times to your own pastor. Uh, so if you want to export your sins, this is your, your chance, right? Uh, and um, I look forward to seeing you. I look forward to sharing uh, some of my life and heart with you uh, throughout this parish mission. And trust that the Lord loves each of you and desires that we approach him with a humble and contrite heart. Amen.